The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. It's the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. On this podcast episode, I'm going to cover why a reverse mortgage is almost always a bad idea. With one in five Americans having no retirement savings, it should not come as a surprise that a reverse mortgage is sometimes something people turn to in order to try and resolve a financial problem at retirement. But it's almost always a bad idea. Stick around for today's podcast episode and I'm going to explain why a reverse mortgage is almost always a bad idea. Before I get started on today's podcast, if you like the podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com for articles on life and money. This podcast episode, I really wanted to cover the subject of reverse mortgages. You may have seen the commercials before with famous actors saying, you know, advertising these reverse mortgages, saying how, how good they really are for a retiree to be able to stay in their home. But there really is a lot of problems with reverse mortgages, and I wanted to kind of cover these because a lot of times people use them kind of as a, a last resort to come up with some extra money when they when they own their home. Now, a reverse mortgage, it, it might seem like a good idea to come up with, with some extra money for, for daily living expenses, medical bills, or to provide the money needed to, to stay in a home. However, taking a reverse mortgage, it it's just almost always a bad idea for several reasons. And first, if you're not familiar, I'm going to explain what a reverse mortgage is. It's a type of loan product for, for homeowners that are 62 years old and older. It lets a homeowner exchange part of the equity in a house for cash. This might sound like a traditional home equity loan. However, the big difference and appeal of a reverse mortgage is the money borrowed does not have to be paid back until the borrower no longer lives in the home as their principal residence or the obligations of the loan can't be met. Not meeting the obligations of the loan is a big warning here that I'm going to get back to shortly. Reverse mortgages seem like a good idea on the surface. After all, there, there are a lot of different, like I said, celebrities that appear to be very trustworthy endorsing them. Although a reverse mortgage might look like it could solve a difficult financial situation in retirement, anyone considering a reverse mortgage should use extreme caution before making a final decision. Reverse mortgages are they're a dangerous loan product that can have devastating consequences. So what exactly makes a reverse mortgage such a bad idea? Probably the first one here is a reverse mortgage won't solve big financial issues that already exist. Often a reverse mortgage is considered when there are already big financial issues during retirement years. This could include coming up with the money for medical care or paying for essential living expenses. The problem is the money from a reverse mortgage is never entirely the amount that someone would likely qualify for. And once the fees and expenses are added in, along with interest, the amount of money borrowed on a reverse mortgage is not often what someone believes they will receive in the long run. If there have already been financial issues for some time, 
a reverse mortgage isn't likely to solve those issues in the long term. The result will only be a band-aid in the short term, and the result will be receiving a lot less money for a home than it's worth. Another problem with reverse mortgages is the fees and expenses for a reverse mortgage can add up to a lot of money. There isn't much people will do for free and taking on a reverse mortgage, it's going to have costs. Some people think in terms of a reverse mortgage, just like a traditional home equity loan. However, this is anything but further from the truth. Reverse mortgages are packed with fees and expenses, and most borrowers are already looking for a way to get some extra money so they do not have the upfront money to pay these extra charges. Thus, much of the extra cost for a reverse mortgage is often rolled into the life of the loan, and this ends up costing the borrower much more money over the life of the loan. Reverse mortgage lenders might charge up to something like 2% of a home's value in just an origination fee that they require to be paid upfront. This could add up to $4,000 for a home with a value of $200,000. A reverse mortgage also has fees for things like closing costs, credit checks, and appraisals that are all similar to a traditional home equity loan. Just because you might qualify for a $100,000 reverse mortgage doesn't mean that you'll get that exact amount. Furthermore, you will end up paying a lot more in the long run with interest, fees, and expenses on borrowing that $100,000. Advertisers often claim a reverse mortgage borrower will not pay more than a home is worth. But this is also never entirely really the full story. A 62-year-old borrower that takes on a $100,000 reverse mortgage for 25 years at 5% will accumulate $238,635 in interest. This results in $338,635 owed on a $200,000 home. For someone needing a little extra money in retirement, taking a reverse mortgage can deplete even more money that a person might not be able to part with. It could seem like a good idea in the short term, but the financial cost will be much more over time. Probably one of the largest risks of taking a reverse mortgage is losing a home. There is a big danger of taking any type of loan out on the equity of a home. For this reason, a reverse mortgage is almost always a bad idea. Most of the time, people take a reverse mortgage in the first place is because they are having some issues with money. The problem is a reverse mortgage does have terms that do require some items to be kept up with in order to stay in the home. This includes keeping up with insurance payments and taxes. If a homeowner falls behind on these and is not able to pay them, the lender can take the home. Taking a reverse mortgage is often where a person at retirement turns when they're in a tight money place and have nowhere else to turn. The problem is bills always do seem to pile up. Taking a reverse mortgage and then your taxes and insurance go up, how will these bills be maintained? Having a place to live, it, it's a necessity in life. We all need a roof over our head. For a retiree on a fixed income, home loss is a real possibility with a reverse mortgage and a chance that should not be taken. 
Now, this next reason for not taking out a reverse mortgage isn't one that everyone's probably going to really care about, but there might not be any money left with a reverse mortgage for heirs. There might not be any inheritance for anybody. For some people, it is important for them to leave some money for loved ones when they do pass away. With a reverse mortgage, the loan needs to be repaid when the homeowner passes. Either an heir can sell the home to pay the reverse mortgage balance, or they can pay the loan back and keep the house. When a home with a reverse mortgage does sell for more money than the loan balance, the heirs do get to keep the difference. However, this is not always the case that a home will be worth more than the reverse mortgage. Sometimes people have a wish to keep a home in their family and pass it on to another member when they die with a reverse mortgage taken out on a home. This might not be something that's possible. Heirs will often likely have to sell a home in order to pay the loan. Now, one thing you do have to consider is if you do take a reverse mortgage, are other people living in the house? Someone that decides to take a reverse mortgage needs to be at least 62 years of age. Other people might also live with that person in the home that takes a reverse mortgage. This could include friends or relatives. If the homeowner that takes out a reverse mortgage dies or moves out, other people living with them might also need to get out of the house. The problem is a reverse mortgage requires the borrower to live in the home. A home that has a reverse mortgage needs to be the primary residence for the borrower. If other people living in a home with a reverse mortgage are under 62 and not listed on the loan, they will have to vacate the home when the borrower passes away or leaves. Now, here's something to consider. Although some financial experts would argue that a home should not be a big part of someone's nest egg for retirement, the truth is that often a home, it's just this. When someone takes out a reverse mortgage, this can take a big amount of the money out of a home that isn't going to be available if someone needs to go into a nursing home or assisted living. Furthermore, when the borrower needs to move from the home where the reverse mortgage was taken, the loan then becomes due. It could take a while to get any remaining money out of a home, depending on how long it takes to sell. Now, if you are listening to this podcast because you were considering a reverse mortgage or you just wanted to learn more about reverse mortgages, you have to consider all the pros and cons, and, and there's not really a lot of pros. There's a lot more cons to taking a reverse mortgage. There really is, for someone that owns a home and doesn't and has a lot of equity in a home, there really is a better alternative than taking a reverse mortgage for some extra money in retirement. It can be hard to think about moving out of a home you might have lived in for 20 or 30 years if this is the case. This is certainly understandable. However, downsizing or moving into something less expensive is its usually a better answer than taking a reverse mortgage. Sell a home and make the difference in downsizing to either something smaller or, or just plainly just less expensive. The savings in fees and expenses for not taking a reverse mortgage, will it's going to be well worth it. Downsizing to something with less upkeep, lower taxes and insurance also only makes sense to save even more money. By not taking a reverse mortgage and downsizing instead, it reduces the risk of losing a place to live by not keeping up with the requirements on a reverse mortgage. Living without a reverse mortgage 
also offers the flexibility of being able to move again without the balance of a loan coming due. For loved ones left behind after a person dies, not having a reverse mortgage makes for a lot less of a headache in trying to settle an estate. I have to say, it makes me a little angry seeing the paid actors that take the money to endorse reverse mortgages as the answer to living a comfortable retirement. What you need to remember is the people doing the commercials are just doing their job. They are paid actors. It is also easy to believe a reverse mortgage is a good thing when you have millions of dollars in the bank and will not have to worry about retirement yourself. A reverse mortgage is not the answer to solving financial difficulties in retirement. These loan products are loaded with fees and expenses. They put an elderly homeowner in danger of not having a place to live. Reverse mortgages also can create problems for heirs that are left behind. Although reverse mortgages seem harmless when they are explained on television by popular actors, the truth is they are very dangerous. Not only are the fees and expenses high with the danger of losing a home, but reverse mortgage fraud is also a real possibility. And the Federal Trade Commission even warns consumers with the dangers of this. For someone in retirement, a reverse mortgage is likely not the answer to solving financial difficulty. They might appear like a good idea, but a reverse mortgage, it just isn't the answer. It's always better to look for any and all other alternatives before even considering a reverse mortgage. Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money Podcast. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com for articles on life and money. On the next podcast episode, I'm going to be answering a question that recently came in. And this question is, why do employers offer severance pay? Sometimes when a person is let go or laid off from an employer, they are offered severance pay, which might be a certain number of weeks pay for the number of years working for that employer. Severance pay is not something an employer just offers out of the kindness of their heart. There's a deeper reason why severance pay is given to a departing employee. On the next podcast episode, I will be talking about why some employers offer severance pay.